Hi, welcome back to Make Do. I'm Julia Scott. And I'm Tiff Arman. And uh, you can both still and always go to relay.fm slash make do uh, to find out how you can become a member of Relay and support the show. We really appreciate it. But we, of course, appreciate it just as much when you support us in your soul. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're gearing up for a Q&A episode. So if you have anything that you want to ask us or you want us to talk about, you can send us a question at makedopod at gmail.com or on our social medias where we are at makedopod on all the things. Do you know that this is episode 65? Oh, yeah? Is that is that a special number? Well, that's the thing. I was going to make a joke about, like, we're retirement age. And then I was first, like, I don't think that's been retirement age in most places for a long time. And also, like, we're millennials. We're never going to get to see retirement. <laughs> no, of course <laughs> not. But it's a nice round number. It is. 65 is a good number. And so you should definitely uh, help us out for our next few episodes and send us questions because we've had 65 episodes of things that we talked about and you should have plenty of questions. <laughs> for uh, Both about things we have and haven't talked about. Or if you just, you know, want to know our favorite ice cream. Mm -hmm. So last time you told me that you had decided to try stained glass which I think is super cool. Uh, but it occurred to me that it could be interesting to talk a little bit more about that because, you know, it's it's kind of a whole new craft. Like it's, I guess you could see it as a form of painting, but it's, it, you know, it's a whole new thing. And I was curious about what made you want to try it and like how you approached a new medium. And I think, you know, there's there's both specifically and more broadly a lot to talk about there. So what why, why stained glass? Uh, I really, I'm drawn to crafts that seem like they're old you know like they're old crafts mm -hmm. that old people do or have done for a long like it's just they've been done for a long time and then I love the idea of bringing it to a modern place and putting in more modern or interesting elements to it it's just like when you see some of the most beautiful like hoop embroidery it's not little flowers anymore they're like basically like paintings of like there there are nudes there's like you know sexually explicit ones there's some with like dirty words there's other ones that are like cut like they use the the thread to like kind of cascade out of the uh embroidery like literally breaking the fourth wall i've seen some people also combine watercolor and embroidery like they'll paint uh different just sort of shifts of color onto the onto the canvas and then embroider a scene around it which i think is really cool right so it's like it's those type of things like taking an old craft that has a not a stigma about it but just kind of like a an expected oh this is like you're going to embroider you know home sweet home on a cushion and i like the idea of something like stained glass which seems like oh you're just you know either you have like churchy windows or <laughs> there's like you know a sailboat and a reed you know like in, in a big square and I think that there are ways to elevate it and to change it and to bring it more modern I ran into someone on Instagram who was making like monstera leaves and stuff out of stained glass and I was like ooh, that's really cool like the idea of bringing like these modern like iconic images that that everyone's surrounded with now and like putting it in this medium of stained glass and I was like oh I would really love to do that especially with like I've been painting all those uh stones with like sailor tattoo style so I'm like I want to do those <laughs> in stained glass like that just seems so awesome because it's such blocky colors and it has the thick border exactly like stained glass has so it kind of that encouraged me like seeing that one woman's like monstera leaf I was like I totally want to do 
like sailor tattoo stained glass. And I think that would be so fun. So I went online and I found a bunch of like stained glass places. One wouldn't ship to me for some reason. Um, and I found another one that would. And they have all these great little starter kits. So they have everything all in the little kit and you can order it. You do need like a lot of weird specialty tools. Um, I've always really loved soldering. I don't know why, whenever I've had to do it for work or something. I kind of like that. <laughs> I like welding too. Uh, it's just a big version of soldering and um, big and dangerous. So so yeah, that's kind of what drew me to this craft. And because I like a little bit of the I don't know, like the the feminine, masculine, I guess like now those lines are very blurred in society, or at least we're trying to blur them more and more. But the idea of, I'll say like like a, a soft and a hard, like you have color and you have light and you have, um, you know, glass, which is delicate. And then you have, you know, like solder and soldering iron and, uh, and lead like, and lead. Like, it's just, it's cool, right? Like, it's, I love the, the idea of joining like this metal and this beautiful, delicate glass together. I think it's really neat. And kind of namesake wise, I mean, I was named after stained glass Tiffany anyway, so <laughs> why not embrace it? Um, but yeah. And also like you, you have your sea glass and like this, I feel because the sea glass comes in so many shifts of colors and is also this weird combination of like, you know, harsh nature on a, on a sharp, surface can make something soft and and lovely exactly it's like i've already kind of had a you know notion towards glass things and and liking it anyway so why not try it and then i thought of like some of the paintings that i've been doing like the sunsets that like i take a picture of a sunset and i put it on instagram and then i end up painting it uh, and i was like oh well you know there's distinct colors there and it's kind of flowy and it would be cool to like do that out of glass because the sunset is made is light anyway and then the idea of like finding glass pieces to to kind of mimic that i don't know i was just like all inspired how it was flowing together. And especially the ones you take where there is, where you get a lot of either like sky and sand or sky and water. And then there's, you know, sometimes there's birds or there's like a little jetty sticking out. Mm -hmm. That would be really, really cool. So um, were you, were you like looking for a new hobby to incorporate or did you just like see the stained glass and go, all right, I want to do this thing? Yeah, I should not. I don't actively look for new hobbies. They just, they come upon me. I... <laughs> Just love finding new stuff to do. Who knows where hobbies come from? They just appear. <laughs> Who knows? That is the perfect way to manipulate that quote into this because it's so true. Like, I don't really understand when people are like, I don't know what to do. It's like, how do you not know what to do? I have like so many things that I want to do. I literally can't even like sort through all the things in my head to figure out how to do them. Like I'll start doing nothing because I have so much to do, not because I don't know what to do. And I feel like I've just added stained glass to that whole big pile. But I mean, I had a, what did I get a loom last year right? that I <laughs> talked to you about? Do you know how many things I made in that loom? One and a half things. That's how many things I made on the loom. And it just, I guess it wasn't for me. And again, I had like all these ideas and it just didn't, um, it didn't stick, but with the stained glass, I, uh, I don't know, I got the little glass grinder, I got the tools, like the little pliers, um, and I'm going to start by doing like a really simple project. What's a glass grinder? Is that like to cut it or sh soften the edges? or Soften the edges, because like when you cut it, it leaves like little burrs and stuff, and you do have to like smooth it out in order to put the copper tape on, and then you have to put the flux on, and then you do the solder. It's all very, very cool. 
<laughs> you know what's funny? And because in English it's stained glass, but in in the Swedish the word is infattat glass, which means like framed or encapsulated glass, Ooh. like it's or or like inset glass because it's set into or the 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 lead or the copper or whatever. It's you know it's holding it. It's set into these frames. I mean, that makes a lot more sense, honestly, because I'm not sitting there staining the glass. Like, that's already done. <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. But it is but it is really, really cool. Like, when you go to, if we're talking about, like, traditional stained glass, like giant church windows, and they can be so, so old. And you're like, somebody figured out how to make all of these colors and shifts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's not a solid color. You get, like, some play. Of, it's It's wild to think about, like people who did this like hundreds and hundreds of years ago who could figure all of that out. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And on like watching videos of how to do it, it really doesn't seem very hard. It seems time consuming and like step intensive, but it doesn't seem difficult. And I think that that's what attracted me to it in another way is that it seems really boring and meticulous. And I love just like boring, repetitive tasks so, so much. So it's like, all right, you're going to make a feather, right? So you have to make a little pattern, like you draw the pattern of almost like a big blocky puzzle. And then you, um, you cut out the pattern and just like a lot like dressmaking and you place the pattern on the glass, you trace it in like a Sharpie, and then you use like special glass cutting tools to cut it out of the shape. And then you um, shape that shape into like a a smoother version of it with either like a uh, with either a hand file or the glass grinder and then after that you clean the edges you clean it all up and then you start putting the copper tape around it and then you fold all that little pieces down you pinch them down and then once you do that to all of your pieces you can then um, kind of put them together and you tack them with the solder and with and the flux and then you start soldering and you leave like a full bead around it and then you kind of clean it up and they, and it's done and it's together. I think it's also kind of the optimal craft in a way because it uh, it like you're saying, it's not super complicated. Like it's complicated in that you need very specific tools, mm-hmm. but it's like a step by step. But it see, it looks very impressive. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people will do it. Like it's a very good ratio of like effort to awe in the yeah. spectator, and which I love. Right, I mm-hmm. always get. I get easily discouraged as a crafty person or a maker or and if you want to use the word artist, uh, big or little a, when it comes to, you know, struggling to do something and then not and it's and again, it's, it's not about being the best, but it is like about seeing like other people who have more of an ease to it and you feel like as you're like working through something, you're fighting your way. And of course you need to do that in order to get better, but some things just come more naturally, right. To other people. And I like to find something that I can feel like I excel at. I don't know. I am achiever. Please notice. Like I want to feel like the achiever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like something like stained glass is just one of those things that it's just weird enough that a lot of people aren't going to be like going off to Joanne's and like Mm -hmm. grabbing a glass like a stained glass kit and like do making this like their craft and again like it's not to eliminate or or discourage or um put down things that like you can go buy at joann's like i can't knit worth a damn like i just <laughs> I, I can knit straight lines and that is it uh so uh I, the things that you knit 
blow my mind. Like they're so impressive or embroidery, the amount of amazing detail and, and work and craftsmanship that go into that kind of stuff. And it's like, I don't do those because I can't excel at them because I can mm-hmm. just knit a straight line or a little X in an embroidery thing. Like, and I see other people who, you know, you count stitches. Like I just, I can't be, I can't care less about counting stitches. I can't make <laughs> myself do it. And even though I know that that's what you need to succeed in like making a full sweater with two arms that match. And, but with something like this, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's, it's something that I can do. I'm still waiting for my safety glasses to arrive. I'm a little afraid to start, <laughs> but, um, I have watched a lot of videos. I've started my patterns. Um, I, the glass that arrived in the kit, some of it was already broken. So I mean, some of my pieces are cut, I guess, no. <laughs> but I have like, I have big ambitions for projects and a lot of them are very pop culture oriented, which I think is going to be really fun. Um, I like the idea of picking like cult classic, like movie icons and trying to do like a portrait of someone in stained glass, which is like super weird, right? Like who the heck would want that? But that's amazing. I still kind of want it to exist. And so I want to make it. And I mean, we are inching up on Halloween Right. Like make for some really fun or even like abstract stained glass versions of like B-movie horror posters. Oh, from anything. From the 50s. Yeah. Or like a cool spider web and stained, like especially that like, you know, the, that sailor tattoo spider web with like color blocked mm-hmm. areas. I just think it would look so cool. And I feel very inspired by the whole thing. And uh, no, yeah, I want to do it, too. I don't have right? crafts either. Oh, I can send you a link to the starter kits. Anyone can do like you could just go and grab it. It's it's kind of great because they give you like levels of how much you want to invest. Like you mm-hmm. can invest like, you know, here are very, very, very basic tools and you can, you know, just try it out. And then here's like more advanced tools that will make it a little bit more comfortable. And then these are like the good tools that will make it, you know, very, very comfortable. I went with the middle road. I went in the middle Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to fight my tools. I think that that's always the most discouraging part of starting a new hobby or a new craft is fighting with your tools. And a lot of times you get frustrated with like not being able to do something the way that you see other people doing it or at a higher level because the tools you have aren't actually working for you in the right way. And so... I encourage anyone who is able to, you know, not invest in like the highest end tools because that's like professional level. Like you're probably not going to produce that much right away, but to at least get yourself like a good set not of tools. Not the dollar store brushes. Well, yeah. Right. Because so with glass cutters, um, there are some that are like self lubricating. So like you put the oil essentially into the glass cutter and it it cuts like more smoothly as opposed to just like a a standalone glass cutter and then you need to like put oil on it and it's like those it seems like from everything that I've watched and I've read that the self-lubricating ones it just it makes the work go faster so you're not fighting with cutting the glass straight it just kind of does it you know well yeah and that that can also be a thing with the like middle tier tools is that depending on what it is sometimes they can eliminate the sort of feeling like you need to be an octopus and also being able to remember like the little sort of parallel steps of like keeping something oiled or you know those things so like normally because obviously right now uh classes aren't really a thing normally would you just like buy the kit watch some youtube and get started with a completely new hobby or would you want to like go and take like one or two noob classes no i'm definitely like a youtube jump in kind of person i'm like i'm gonna see for myself if this works uh i'm I have to, (laughs) I have to already like it 
almost to encourage myself to get out, register for a class, attend the class. Like that's a lot of time out of your day. And sometimes it's time that you could have spent trying it out and actually making things in the first place. And instead of like going and learning about it, I mean, there are certain crafts that the idea of purchasing the equipment is unrealistic at first. And you should go out and just like you were saying, when you started pottery, you started going to a place that had like a wheel and a kiln and to see if you actually liked doing it before you invested in all of that equipment. So Mm -hmm. I think it's all about scale. The starter box for the stained glass stuff that came in, I don't know, like a, like a few, like a two feet by two feet box. Like it was not big. Like it's Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's very manageable. It's a couple of pliers. It's a glass cutter. It's a, you know, some solder and some flux and uh, some copper tape and some pieces of, you know, random glass that you can practice with. So it's really not a giant amount of equipment that you're dealing with with certain hobbies. Just like if you want to start knitting, you get yourself some knitting needles, you get yourself a skein of yarn, and you can start it up, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, there and then there are other hobbies like welding. <laughs> you can't just go out and get an arch welder and a big mask and gloves and a whole welding studio like and like big huge pieces of iron like this is that kind of hobby if you want to start that is probably really good to like let's take a class for that (laughs) (laughs) instead of going online and ordering the starter kit which might show up on the back of a tractor trailer like I'm really, tr- I'm really like imagining now some sort of hobby shop that really has like, hey, this is you know the basic welding kit. <laughs> you want to fix old cars? Sure, have the starter kit. And all of a sudden, this like truck comes with this like Jeep that's in a thousand pieces, and they're like, here, put it together. <laughs> like, and you're like, oh no, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> it's like the the little chemist, but it's the little welder. Yeah, yeah, no, because because like I was thinking. Because you asked me when I when I suggested this topic uh, if I had started anything new, uh, and I haven't really like I've been looking at things, partly because I need some hobbies that don't require a lot of physical effort right now, and mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do embroidery, and and you kind of challenged me or we challenged each other to do some embroidery, so I'm looking at that because I've I've also been seeing a lot of embroidery, and I love what what they sometimes call thread painting when you do like yes. almost like the things people do like when they. I don't know what you call it, portraying flowers or or cats specifically, like pets. It's It blows my mind. And like, I know that's always been a thing. Like people have made these huge tapestries all, always. But like, I'm trying to think like, what, what could I do that's... Because part of me is also like, I want to try something that's more along the lines of stained glass in that it's just like, it's something completely different, mm-hmm. even if it's still an artistic pursuit somehow. So it would be like, you know, woodworking or something where I've only just dipped my toe in or I'm trying to I guess welding like something that's Mm -hmm. very new so that it's not like well I'm trying a new kind of paint or you know focusing on crocheting instead of knitting for a while but it's hard to kind of like you know I'm old enough that I'm like well I like what I like Mm -hmm. even even now there's still a limited number of of hours in the day so you know I want to do the things I like and I know, I know we had we had an episode where we talked about like how would you go about choosing a new hobby and we had so many smart things to say and then I'm still just like but I like the things I like. Um but I think embroidery is nice cuz it's also one of those things you can sort of do while watching certain kinds of TV which I mm-hmm. think is like one of my one of my criteria for the 
downtime crafts. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you want downtime crafts and sometimes you want like this is uptime crafts. focus. <laughs> <laughs> this, you know, this is something that requires my something that requires my my whole focus and like my mm-hmm. whole body and the whole room, basically. So that's what I feel like painting is like painting. It, it, like if I'm doing a portrait or if I'm doing like something really detailed or trying to get like some real realism going, it's exhausting. You know, like I could get into the groove where I forget to eat. Um, I forget to move. And then I stand up and like my whole body hurts, like everything hurts. And like, that's all I was paying attention to was the painting and your like brain is completely focused on it. And it's like what you're exactly what you're saying, like a downtime craft. I feel like stained glass is one of those things like I can make a pattern and I could like cut some pieces out and then I can sit there taping them all and like just because like getting the tape on is just, you know, getting it even and putting it around all the edges and folding it down. Like, ah, I just I just that so satisfies me. It's almost like um, have you ever made like friendship bracelets or something and you're just like mm-hmm. making knots and and it comes out of pattern and you just follow the pattern. You're just making the knots going through each color string. Um, I love that. I made a whole bunch of friendship bracelets this summer. It was super fun, but they're all for <laughs> me because no one's here everyone's by themselves i should send you one (laughs) Um, i will wear it (laughs) and uh so yeah it is like a kind of finding a new craft one of the things that i marco brought up to me actually we were walking and we were talking about me doing this like new stained glass thing and it was after i'd gotten all of the um you know the starter kit and he's like i have something to ask you he's like it's not accusatory you do what you want you get what you need to do whatever craft you want to do he's like but you've never bought anything stained glass and you don't (laughs) have like you've never i've never heard of any desire whatsoever to have anything stained glass like in the house or anything like that so once you start making these things what will you do with them (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I at first I was I was upset about the question because I was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, don't tell me how to craft. But then I was like, you know what? I've always admired it from afar. I never wanted any of it because it just seemed like so much like extra stuff. And I'm in a minimalist phase right now, which is funny to think about me accumulating a whole bunch of new tools for crafts. But whatever. It's different. It's different. But I mean, also, it's like you were saying, most of it is in certain styles. And if mm-hmm. that's not what you what you want but I think there's a lot of crafts like like I mean even even if if you do use certain things like I I technically like I technically only need like maybe two sweaters you know right. <laughs> but that's not the point and say for instance like you love you know painting or restoring furniture that you you only need so many dressers uh so like you either you know give them away or sell them or i guess sand them down and start over in in that specific (laughs) case but i mean there are crafts that are about the process and not the product but also uh art fair next year (laughs) yeah i mean honestly this craft more than anything else i feel like i could just sell them like Mm -hmm. i'm not making it to be marketable because I'm going to be doing weird stuff. Like I'm going to go completely, you know, pop art here and start making Campbell soup cans out of stained glass. But like, I and so I know that that's not like the most desirable thing for most people. You know, they want, you know, feathers and sunshines, maybe. Who knows? But with this, like making this kind of thing, this is something that like I actively want to make it, put it up on like Instagram with a price and see if it sells. <laughs> you know, like I just kind of want to like make it and get rid of it. Like, my paintings I feel like I hold on to them because they mean so much to me because I put so much heart into them whereas this it's like I want to have fun with it 
and the fun is going to be able making it and I can keep the pattern. I could always make more of the same thing. Um, it feels reproducible, unlike a painting does. And so it's just a, it's more of like a busy hand activity that I feel can be pretty marketable and fun. And that's completely different from a lot of the things that we talk about on the show. Like, stop trying to monetize my hobby. I'm not trying to like, you know, make a ton of money off of becoming a stained glass artist, but I don't know. It sounds kind of fun. And I don't want to say easy, but I do want to say manageable. Uh, it, mm-hmm. it feels like accessible, sort of. Yeah, it feels reproducible. It feels, um, you know, if I'm making stained glass feathers or if I, you know, grab the inspiration from the, the first person that I saw something different from in stained glass and like make a monstera leaf, right? Like I can make that stuff and sell it at a fair or on Instagram or something like that, like really easily and I still get to make room to make more of those mm-hmm. things. But also like with, with stained glass, I feel that there's also, I mean, it does require quite a bit of time per per finished object. Mm-hmm. And either like you're making, you know, small-ish things, which don't take up huge amounts of room while, you know, they're waiting to to be sold or given away or whatever. Yeah, they're nice and flat. <laughs> and unless, and if you're making like a huge window type thing, that's going to take so long that you're never going to have more than like one of those around to stack. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good thing because there are crafts, like for instance, uh, ceramics, if you like making mugs and things, mm-hmm. when you're either in between fairs or if you're not selling your stuff, you're like, okay, <laughs> they are now in my bed, under my bed, in the fridge, everywhere. <laughs> and they're not they're not as easily stackable as You're like, I live in a home store now. <laughs> Sometimes I, I really, really am. So, like, do you have, because you're talking about, like, the kinds of things that you want to make, but do you have any specific goals and, like, how complex you want to make things or how big you want to make things? Or are you more in, like, trying to figure out right now how it works? Now, well, I always get ahead of myself. I always want to start with the big project that obviously needs way more skill than I already have. Uh, That's just who I am and how I operate all the time. So um, I've been trying to do like, just even start doing a pattern for this like um, pop culture portrait that I want to do of a uh, character from a movie. And it's going terribly. (laughs) Like I can't, (laughs) I can't seem to even get the pattern to work. So I just recently like stopped. I have to like stop myself from from getting too excited about having the skill and start building the skill. And so now I'm dialing it back and I'm going to do the feather project. I'm going to do a couple feathers like with four pieces and we're going to start there. And um, I have a question for you. Also, when you started doing like ceramics and stuff, did you ever do that? Did you like get yourself so ambitious of I want to make this big, beautiful thing and but no, I need to like dial it back and have all the stuff. And then also second follow up question, just like where I'm coming from, where it's like, well, I want to make this stuff and I do want to sell it because I can't have it all around me and I can't keep <laughs> it all. And a lot of the times making things is repeating the same thing over and over with this kind of uh, craft and skill, like you need to make like a bunch of mugs and then your mugs get better and better, but then you have so many mugs, right? And so you just, you you have to sell them or get rid of them or move them away. Is that how you felt when you started doing ceramics? That like, it was a, it was a skill that you wanted to achieve, but you were okay letting the product go? Okay, so the first part is, I think I went into my first pottery class pretty low key, 
because uh, I was there the very first time. I was like, well, this is going to be fun, but I'm mostly here as like uh, emotional support daughter to my mom, who was the one mm-hmm. who really, really wanted to try it. Because there wasn't really anything in that classroom that was like huge and impressive. Like it was mostly like, you know, mugs and bowls and not huge bowls and like some like jugs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I didn't have anything to be like, that is what I'm what I'm going to achieve. And when when the teacher showed us like the first like this is how you do it. Here are the steps here. Here are, you know, the hand movements. She didn't do anything huge. She made like a bowl uh, and showed us how you could turn it into a little bellied pot or something. And then, you know, the first minute you sit down at that clay, you're like, okay, I I have no say in what this is going to become. Like, very, very quickly, you're like, <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Like, there's, it, it, it's, clay can be very humbling. <laughs> like, you very quickly realize that this is, this is not something where I, can, there's quite a bit of time until you can actually decide before you sit down what the result is going to be. A lot of times... It's like 50-50 if you can make the thing you were going to do or if you're like, okay, this is a platter Mm -hmm. now or this tall vase (laughs) I was going to make is now a small, you know, rounded, fat little vase. Great. So, I mean, I, I, I think it's more that along the way I get hubris sometimes, but on the whole, when it comes to crafts, totally. Like I, you know, if I'm in a period where I'm making dresses or like I'm leveling up in some sort of skill and then I'm like, all right, it's ball gown time. Or like, I'm going to make this insanely complicated 1830s. It's like, and, and then I have to, you know, kind of take a breath, <laughs> take a step back, be like, you can, but do you like, it's, it's almost like, you know, if you're feeling sad, you should check, like, have you eaten? Have you had water? Are you upset about something else? And it's kind of the same way, like, okay, um, go to sleep, drink some water, think about how you feel about this in the morning. So I I totally get that. We were like, this is going to be amazing. But I think sometimes I can just like jump into it. But I think I've kind of with with age and maturity uh, or whatever it might be, or just painful experience, I've learned to like, (laughs) okay, no, you, you with most things, you kind of do have to. You can have the big dreams, but you have to figure out how to, like, thread your needle first. Mm -hmm. And with the other stuff, in the beginning, like, I was doing a couple of weekend classes a year, like, two to five, maybe. Uh, So I wasn't producing, you know, huge amounts, but even so, like, if you have two or three weekend classes and you can produce, like, maybe ten things per class, five to ten, but depending on what it is, and you're like, all right, I have these mugs. In the beginning, they're not that great. So it was more that it was problematic because I was like, I don't want to give this to anyone because it's not very good. And I don't want to like give it to a thrift store that won't be able to sell it because it's not very good. But I also feel bad about just throwing it into landfill. So that was kind of hard-ish. Mm-hmm. What did you do with it? <laughs> Some of the early stuff my mom took. And it wasn't that I was like, here, this <laughs> is for you. Happy Mother's Day. But where she was like, well, it's it's cute. And also my mom loves plants so she was just like used all these little wonky things to like put plants in which is like perfect i need someone to like take a take my mutant stained glass (laughs) things off my hand yep uh or you have a whole exhibition of just your first things and be like this is um a sort of conversation on the myopic view we have of the world right now that's why their eyes don't match Mm -hmm. in the stained glass portrait (laughs) 
But then, like, as they were starting to sort of get better, I would give things to thrift shops because, like, if they can sell them for, like, a dollar, that's still money for charity usually. Mm-hmm. But then after a while, like, after or a little before I started selling, I was like, well, I, I can't give these to thrift shops now because they have, you know, they have my mark on them. And I don't want tons of these things floating around out there that are, A, lower quality than the stuff I sell and, B, just, like, making my stuff I know diluted in value sort of so mm-hmm. so I try not to let as many things get to a completely finished stage because as long as they're not fired I can I can reuse the clay mm-hmm. but even so like yeah it's hard where I'm like all right you know I can smash these and use them for drainage in flower pots I have an idea of making mosaics that's a craft that I could try yeah with like my own clay because that would be a fun sort of meta thing like these are my failures and now there's something great that's pretty cool because then you really start from the beginning Uh right it's almost like people stretching their own canvas Uh before they paint right you really have a handle on the (laughs) entire craft process but yeah no it's 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 weird like a lot of crafts where if you really do want to take them somewhat seriously you're gonna have stuff at the end Mm -hmm. uh and so many things that are like actual crafts it very much is like well how many wooden spoons or fun dresses with an interesting construction or big shawls or whatever do you need and i think you know you you really kind of hit the hit the nail on the head that stained glass is good because it's one of those little sweet fun things that people do want to buy like i don't want to sell my shawls nobody's gonna want a shawl uh (laughs) i mean not necessarily but i wouldn't be able to like charge any decent amount of money for it but stained glass is like, I mean, I I could totally see people buying, you know, a little Bride of Frankenstein to to put on their front door or whatever, yeah. or swallows. I I would totally <laughs> buy something like that. Whereas if I was there, like, hello, hand knit socks in lots of weird colors, it's not the same thing. That's the strange thing about choosing a craft based on the marketability of it, which is something we discourage on the show, right? Like we say, you know, do what your heart wants you to do, not what you can particularly monetize, right? Like, um, But it doesn't sound like you chose specifically for that, but that you no, like, no, were attracted a, to it and then you were like, and also. <laughs> right, right. And it's like, oh, okay, I can have like an outlet for the the things that I actually do make, which is, again, very different than usually the, the choices that I tend to find. Um, I think it's also the same thing with... Um, I don't know why it just popped into my head, whether it's off topic or not. We're winding down here anyway. But like the idea of, of you know, getting into photography, like selling your photographic prints, not a lot of people buy photographs. Like people always say, like, if you take a you know nice picture, they're like, oh, people would love this. You should, you know, make prints or, you know, various things like that. But no one really does because everyone's like, well, I'll just take a picture like that, you know, because <laughs> everyone has iPhones now. And it's just it's one of those things that it's it's finding that little niche of not everyone is going to be making this and if it does look like if it is kind of like a handmade craft you also there are also like this strange little narrow area of I think that people tend to not buy something that is like mass produced if it looks like it should be a handmade craft, mm-hmm. right? So it's like they want to buy like the handmade version of it as long as it's not too expensive. So uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like all these these little things. Us makers, we have a lot of things to think about and uh, <laughs> a lot of 
things to store. <laughs> Sixty-five episodes, especially when of we're trying a thousand new things. <laughs> so, if if you were gonna choose another hobby now, don't. Uh-oh. But <laughs> yeah, no, no. How, how do you think that. you would go about it? Would it still be like that sort of? Hey, I'm just you know surfing through uh, Instagram or TikTok or Pinterest, and something might catch your eye. Or would you go into it being like, what can I choose that's impressive? doesn't need that much material <laughs> and is easy to get rid of. Like I'm going to, you know, start tying baskets out of reeds because I can just put them in the compost. I don't know. I think it's uh, just like I wanted to do, you know, macrame stuff, you know, and I got all the thriftwood logs and I had fun collecting those. But then did I put any macrame onto the logs? No, I did not. Uh, or like, you know, the sticks, the, the driftwood sticks. Um, it, it's for me, it's kind of like a bolt of lightning, like something that pushes you over the edge of like, I want to make this badly enough that I'm going to go and get the things that need that I need to make this. And I hope I actually follow through. And I think that that's what drives everybody, right? Like if you're going to be doing like little felty animals, you know, with the little needle felting, it's like, oh, I'm going to go out, get myself a little needle. I'm going to get myself some uh, wool and a little kit and I'm going to make a little, you know, panda bear out of felt. And it's like the, the things that like encourage you to go out and be like, I want to make this. I think those are the things that, that drive us. I mean, any of us, right? Any of us makers out here, um, you know, you don't usually find a craft just because, like, it's supposed to fit what you like. You find a craft because it inspires you in a way that you just don't quite understand. It's almost like it's like falling in love or, like, being friends with people. Like, you just become a friend. Like, you understand. Like, you just like somebody. You don't know why. You just, like, like them i don't know it's probably the way they smell so maybe it's something in the pheromones of the craft right (laughs) like you just you just know like instantly i can be friends with you or i can't be friends with you and i feel like that's the same relationship that we have with stuff that we make and when we are compulsive makers or we are just crafty people you just find that jive that chemistry that you have with one of these crafts and you're like yeah i could do that and I want to do that. Yeah. And I kind of love the randomness of how you both discover them and like the different things that can make you stick with them. Like say you, mm-hmm. you try out knitting and it's at the same time that you have a pretty long train commute. So you're like this fits really well into my day and that's what makes it stick. Or like you have friends to who knit and you want to show it off or you just got Instagram or whatever. And like these different things because it is kind of random – not just what you feel like, oh, this is what I love, but also like, oh, I like this. And but you have to try it long enough to discover you like it sometimes. So it can be things like, is it, you know, it is, is it Netflix compatible? <laughs> it's just like my friend Tanya with the baking. Like it's something we started together because we both, you know, thought it was fun and we did it for our kids' birthdays. And it just stuck with her. Like she can really bake she can bake her socks off but she didn't always start that way she started with i like baking mm-hmm. you know and i like trying new things and stuff wouldn't work or and she just kept keep going through it because it was just something that she enjoyed and now she makes these immaculate cakes that are so artistic and cool and they taste really good too it's just like why did she fall into baking as opposed to another craft i mean it doesn't necessarily fit neat, super neatly into her life, but she made room for it because it's like what spoke to her. And I think that that is a lot of things with the stuff in our lives. Like we make room for the things that we feel 
the the, the closest to. And uh, that's what makes all these crafts and, and these choices and these like, you know, things that we like to do stick. I kind of feel like I want to, uh, after we're done, just like do some Googles on like 10 crafts you didn't know existed or 10 weird yeah. hobbies and just see like, because I think, you know, you, you get uh, your algorithmic bubble, like it's going to show you it knows that you like you know, fabric and wool crafts, for instance. So that's what you're going to see and just be like, oh, I did not know that gluing marbles onto trees was a thing. I want to try that. Okay. Okay. Before you get too far into this, we should totally make that an entire episode of a show. Okay. Like we should go do research about all the strange, like unheard of crafts that we have, we've never heard of before ourselves. And then we can present it to our audience and see if anyone who's looking for a new craft can go shopping in our podcast. <laughs> That is a very, very good idea. All right. I won't Google it now then, I guess. <laughs> Save it for the show. <laughs> but you can go and uh, find our show notes over at Relay.fm slash make do. And you can become a member over at Relay.fm and support our show. And we will support you back by giving you craft and hobby <laughs> ideas. You can email us your questions for our Q&A at makedopod at gmail.com. Or we are at makedopod on Twitter and Instagram. Just please like send over over your questions we got a lot of great ones last year we love to hear from you we've gotten a couple emails with questions and things in the past and if we haven't answered those we will also grab those for our q a episode and uh, you can go find us individually at tiffany armin and at julia scott s-k-o-t-t and we will be back in a fortnight and until then go make and do and uh wear your safety glasses (laughs) and yeah wear your safety glasses always wear your safety glasses